Hey there, and welcome to the Catching Up with KC show, where we talk about anything and everything that has to do with building cohesive, vision-driven teams. I am Casey Watts, school impact strategist and the host of this show. Now, if you are here, then you inevitably are an instructional leader who wants to make change happen, even when change seems impossible. And you can do that if you have cohesive vision-driven teams that have done clarity work. They know exactly where they're headed and how they're going to get there. These teams have done identity work and they've built their self and social awareness skills. And they have done collaboration work and they know how to move beyond faux collaboration to get to true collaboration where change happens and where people get on board. I'm so excited to bring to you conversations that help you to do exactly that. The work that needs to be done to build cohesive vision-driven teams. Now, with all of that said, let's dive into today's conversation. Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode. I am super pumped tonight to have my dear friend, Alyssa Crabtree, joining me for an almost like impromptu episode, right? Like, I think I actually have this titled episode 53 and a half because we were like, hey, you want to go live? Sure. You want to go live? All right. What date? This sounds good. Cool. And so, yeah, tonight we're actually going to be talking a lot about how principals can multiply their impact by utilizing their instructional coaches. So before we get started, I'm going to hand it over to Alyssa. Alyssa, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and what brought you to this content specifically. Yeah, thank you, Casey. So one, first of all, these are like my favorite lives because they are so impromptu. It What it means is we were so passionate about something. We were like, we got to talk about this now. And um, so I am Alyssa Crabtree and I am the founder of Crabtree Coaching Collaborative, where I work alongside instructional leaders to strengthen instructional coaching and tier one instruction in the classroom. And today is something that you and I both are extremely power uh, and passionate about. And it has everything to do with aligning visions. And it is the relationship between the principal and the instructional coach, which I think is all too often missing. And let's talk about it. Yes. Oh, I love this topic so much because yeah, imagine that. Why would I, you know, I'm going to have you on, but we're not going to talk about anything that I am passionate about. Yeah. yeah. So here's one thing that I love. I've heard you talk about this before. And one of the things that you mentioned, which I know that you and I both talk so much about collaboration in all different kinds of capacities. So collaboration among teams, but this kind of goes a little bit um, beyond that, and really what you're thinking about is collaboration between these two highly impactful people on campus that serve two very different roles, principal and instructional coach. And I want you to talk a little bit about why you feel like that collaborative partnership is so crucial. 
Number one is teacher attrition. And I think right now in our state of education, there is a mass exodus of quality, hardworking teachers. And one of the reasons for that is overwhelm. Mm -hmm. And it's overwhelm of messaging and overwhelm of compliance, and a lot of which is repetitive. And you and I talk a lot about you know, just the lack of communication between so many, uh, I guess, silos. Yeah. And with the instructional coach and the principal, those are two other silos that are directly on the campus. And they have to work together as one, not to overwhelm the teachers. And then two, to get the whole, everyone moving in the same direction. Right. And when we can get all fish swimming together then we can meet our destination a lot faster and with a lot fewer casualties along the way. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting. So often what happens is we have, well, okay. And I can only speak from my own experience, but I feel like so often what happens is that instructional coaches are kind of put into their role with little to no direction little to no feedback. And so they're kind of going at it blindly yeah. or they're going at it with this idea of what they think they can do to support teachers. But what sometimes ends up happening because they don't have that very clear specific direction or they don't have a partnership with the principal, they're going at something that's completely out of line with what the principal is actually wanting for their campus. Yes. Or sometimes maybe the principal doesn't actually know what they want for their campus. There's not like a campus instructional focus or there's not an academic focus. And that makes it really hard to go at coaching intentionally. Yeah, 100%. And so there's a couple of things that I want to add to that. And anytime that I am talking to administrators, I always talk about the three things that they need to do for their instructional coaches. And you hit the nail on the first two. And that is they need to clarify the coach's role as a whole. Like I'm talking sit side by side, define the role, what it is, what it is not, and share that with everyone. Mm -hmm. And then the second piece of that is the collaboration on goals and how we're getting people there, whether it is the principal's vision or a vision that they've come up together, yeah. the leadership team, more beneficial, the entire campus has come up with this vision together and they're all working towards it. And so yeah. those are two of the three that are essential. And, um, you know, I'm going to take it back to that clarifying the role of the coach, because in case I'm sure you've encountered this as well, too often coaches are abused as resource managers, substitutes, lunch duty people, testing coordinators, um, emergency, anything. Like yeah. even seen them just become assistant principals pretty much on the campus. Mm -hmm. And that I understand the need for certain things at certain times. I understand emergencies. However, coaches should not be your first. Yeah. Coaches should not be your first option. And in order to do that and make it known for everyone, there needs to be a clarification of the role. So the principal might know that, 
but the APs could be real quick to schedule them as a sub or the the campus secretary or anything. And there has to be a firm definition of the role, especially to get teacher investment. Yeah. Okay. I want to ask you though, and I was just thinking like you, first of all, we would never see like a counselor being just, you know, pulled out of her position, out of her daily routines and put into a classroom to sub, you know, like. Unless it's emergency. Right. Exactly. And that's totally understandable. And that's going to happen. And we are absolutely going to step in when it when the emergencies occur. Right. But we just wouldn't see that happening on a regular basis Mm -hmm. like it does with instructional coaches. And it just makes me wonder, like, what is it about this role in particular that makes it so difficult for people? I think it's difficult for people to define So why is it hard for people to clarify instructional coaching roles? I mean, I've I've seen that even for me, like the different campuses that I've worked at, each campus may have different ideas about what it is that I do. And so where does that come from? It it goes with priorities Mm -hmm. and it definitely goes with an alignment of a vision, a goal. And if your vision is, 100% of my students are going to grow in their estate assessment. First of all, that vision is too broad. Like that, yes, we all want that. However, we need to have these micro visions as well to get us there. And when you're having those conversations, you cannot just stop at the goal. You have to talk about how everyone plays a part in that vision. And one of those crucial parts is the coach. And if I truly want a strong impact in the classroom, my coach has to be free to do that. Now, I also see this abuse of coaches going on because there is a giant, because it hasn't been defined, Mm -hmm. there is a giant misconception that coaches don't do anything. Yep. And I have heard teachers say all the time, oh, I want to be a coach because they don't have to work as hard. And I want to be like, coaches never eat. (laughs) Coaches never have a conference. Coaches never, you know, coaches are in it to win it. And one of the things that I always coach coaches to do is to generate a weekly schedule hour by hour and share that with everyone so that people see, oh, they're not just standing in the back room of a classroom. Mm-hmm. And, and that is often when they become abused. But again, it goes back to clarity of their role yeah. in the greater vision. And yeah. that has to be defined. Yeah. And I think, too, we can, without, without clarifying our roles as instructional coaches, without making it really transparent what it is that we're doing on a day-to-day basis. I think we can get bogged down by like, oh my gosh, I have to do more. So people see that I'm doing more so that people know what what it is that I do. And then you get into this mode of quick burnout as a coach. 100%. I don't know if you are looking at the chat, but Michelle is here with us tonight. And she said, OMG, coaching is by far the most difficult role. And I would 100% agree, Michelle. You know, there is... There is not the component of having to grade papers. I, I get that. Like I used to be bogged down with grading 147 essays, you know, and yeah. I don't have to do that anymore. However, when you were talking about having to juggle 
10 different hats and support with lesson planning, support with tier one instruction, all the pedagogy, like all of those things, and then be abused on the other side as well. Right. It is, it is a hard job. It's not for the faint of heart. And that is why I'm going to go back to my, one of my number one rules for principals and coaches is to clarify that role within the greater vision. Right. And what boggles my mind is instructional coaching is 100%. You cannot argue with me. I will not change my mind on this. I am so hard-headed on this. It is the number one form of professional learning because it's continuous and Mm -hmm. it's differentiated. And if it is the one thing that is going to get us to our goal faster, why are we not like monopolizing on yeah. that. Why aren't we tapping into it as much as we possibly can? Uh-huh. And yeah. it's because so often it's not defined right. on their campus. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. Next week, I'm going to be doing a live session with Steve Ventura. He's going to be coming on and sharing about what the research is now saying about the effects of coaching. So I'm super interested to hear what he has to share about that. I want to go back to what you talked about with, um, like alignment and thinking about the vision that's being cast and, you know, we talked about how if an instructional coach knows what and I would argue too, like if the whole campus, which would be wonderful, knows, yeah, if we know where we're headed, we know the vision, we know the goals, then when your instructional coach is working with teachers, even if whatever it is that is the student-centered goal or and the teacher-led goal for the classroom, even if it's not, it doesn't seem directly related to the vision or overall goal for the campus in one way or another, it probably absolutely is. Would you agree with that? 100%. That's, yeah. And I know every coach that I coach, they're probably rolling their eyes right now if they're watching this because they're like, I know Alyssa's about to say it, but I'm going to take it to JFK speech. If all rising tides sail ships, all rising tides. So if you lift the level of one thing, guess what? You're lifting the level of others. And that is so powerful. And I think oftentimes we forget that and we just want to bite into the entire elephant instead of taking it a bite at the time. And that, again, is what overwhelms teachers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I could see like if a principal was partnering, what I want our principals, if you're listening into this principals, what I want you to be sure to walk away with is that. What Alyssa and I are saying is you want to tap into this person who's constantly in classrooms so that you can utilize them to benefit you, your goal, your vision, and the entire campus. It's almost like you have this connector, right? Like we have this link between classroom and administration, and we could be using that link as a connector but so often I think that we're not. Um, And I also want to say too, like when we're thinking about alignment, let's say that a principal was like, boom, here's my vision. Here's the, here's how we're going to be aligned. This is the campus goal. This is what we're focused on. I think sometimes they can get hyper-focused on that, where if a coach is working with a teacher and teacher and coach says to principal, we're working on this and it seems out of alignment. 
I think it's important for the principal to really think a little bit more broadly about how important it is for the teacher to have ownership of whatever it is that is her pain point at the, in that moment, you know, mm-hmm. um, because those people can't buy into uh-uh. and align with the, you know, the focus or the goal if they're not getting their needs met. Yeah. And do you know what that takes? It takes collaboration and frequent collaboration and communication. And if you are a coach watching this, this is my message to you. I I sometimes feel like the principal seems like they are untouchable. Like the coaches have this view, like, oh, I can't bother them. Yes, you can. I have never had a principal turn me down. At the beginning of the school year, I always schedule a standing meeting for once a week at a very certain class period or time that we will meet every single week. And it doesn't have to be long, but that open communication is so powerful. And, and let me tell you, coaches, oftentimes principals are so busy. They're not going to think to ask you. Right. So it's okay. Go ask them like, Hey, I want to strengthen this communication. Casey and Alyssa told me to do it. (laughs) Principals, if you're watching this, do the same, like reach out to your coaches because Casey brought up such a powerful point. If a teacher is working on something and they're working hard at it mm-hmm. and that principal comes in or group, a district walkthrough comes in and they give feedback in a completely different area. Yes. That's what you have just done. You have made them feel as if they can't do anything right. Absolutely. But if you are highlighting what well, adults are motivated by competence which means they see those small wins. They know that they can do it. So if I'm working alongside my coach and we have a goal and I'm working towards it and then a principal comes in and tells me something I did right with that goal and then someone else came in, how powerful is that? Right. And you've lessened the overwhelm that yeah. is occurring for teachers. Yeah, absolutely. Man, yeah, that's so good. I love that you said that. Um, Okay, so as you were talking, I was thinking about something else. And I was thinking a lot about like our perspective as coaches. So and I think this happens so often. I think it's also one reason we tend to get burned out pretty quickly is we in our, um, I guess, in our pride. That sounds negative. Let me try a different word. In our eagerness to want to do what is best for students and do what is best for teachers and to be that go-getter that we probably were in the classroom, I think sometimes we lose perspective of others. So we lose the perspective of what it's like to be a teacher in the classroom. We kind of, we don't, we've never had the perspective of being in a principal role and we get a little bit lost in all of the things that we're trying to do And it comes across to us as though people are not wanting it. And it's not that they're not wanting it. It's just they have all of these other things on their list that are taking up their brain space. And those things are their priority. Whereas for you, you have a different priority, right? Mm -hmm. And, And it's the same for principals. Like we have to really consider our perspective and our perceptions and their perceptions as well. And one of the things that I encourage coaches to do is find some different plans between you and your principal that will help you to meet regularly or to help you collaborate regularly. So 
For example, if you know that you have a scheduled weekly meeting, which kudos to you if you have a weekly meeting with your principal. Awesome. But we all know that that's not always going to happen. Something Mm -hmm. is going to come up. Now, it is a problem if something comes up every single week, right? Like, that's not ideal. We don't want that to be the case. But we know sometimes something's going to come up. What's your backup plan? Are you going to have you and your principal decided, you know what, in the case that we can't meet, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a three sticky note format. So every week we're going to you're going to put on my door a sticky note of one thing that went really well this week, one thing that I need to remember for next week and one thing that I don't know was a success for most of our people. How are they moving in the right direction? Or do you have an ongoing Google Doc where you can both keep notes and keep in touch with each other, right? So never underestimate a backup plan for communication Mm -hmm. so you can keep your collaboration on par. Yeah. You know, I was so fortunate. My last AP, uh, Jessica Berger, if you're you're listening, um, she was so awesome because we're in education. Life happens. Things get canceled. And she would call me as soon as we both were in our cars on our way home. And Mm -hmm. so it was like, Hey, I know we didn't get to meet, but what's going on? Give me a recap. You know, you and I are fans of Marco Polo. If you have a Marco Polo to do video or Voxer, do voice notes, um, or the Google dot, whatever, that open communication is just so powerful. And one of my best friends, she's an academic dean, and she has a Google form that the coaches fill out every time that they go go into a classroom. And so it's autocratted. So everyone gets their feedback. But what's beautiful is before she goes into the classrooms, she's looking at that spreadsheet, she's looking at the feedback form. So even something that is automated, yeah, but it's there. You can see it is just so helpful putting those systems into place. Absolutely. Okay. Alyssa, tell us anything else that you have for us in regards to how principals can tap into instructional coaches. So the first two we've already kind of discussed, we've talked about, you know, the clarifying the role we've talked about establishing a way to collaborate. And then here's my number three purpose. Like my number three is grow. And what I mean by that is principles, please provide professional learning opportunities for your instructional coaches. Now, oftentimes they will attend or even provide curriculum opportunities for for themselves and for teachers, like they attend with the teachers. If they're an RLA or science, math, whatever, they go to those trainings, they provide those trainings. However, one thing that happens is oftentimes wonderful, fabulous teachers are thrown into coaches because they were such great teachers. Same thing with principals. I've seen it too. It's like, all right, you were great. Go forth and prosper and let's watch you fly. However, no one's teaching you how to work with adults. If you went into education, your goal was to inspire students. And now you have to learn how to inspire adults. That's a whole different ball game. Mm-hmm. And you can read the books on how to coach. You can go to courses, like go to classes on how to take someone through a coaching cycle. These are the steps that you, you go through. However, we need to provide opportunities for our coaches to know how to work 
with adults. That is a whole different mad science that we need to help our coaches get in tune with. Absolutely. And so tell us a little bit about like what you would suggest. How do people go about doing that? How do principals go about doing that? Yeah. So the first thing I will say, hire a consultant, hire a coach, someone like Casey, someone like myself. Those are things that we do. Um, Have someone come in to work directly with your instructional coaches. Oftentimes people will hire larger uh, corporations to come in and work with content, but hire someone to come work side by side and coach your coaches. Other things that you can do is enroll them in different courses. I have an online course, but I'm going to tell you right now, I have a free masterclass for people to enroll in, for coaches to enroll in that helps them amplify and accelerate their coaching. Because guess what? We're not just focusing on the steps of a coaching cycle. We're focusing on how to motivate adults. And, you know, that's the other thing is, you know, maybe you don't want to do a course. Maybe you don't want to hire a coach or consultant. Do some research on what motivates adult learners. Mm -hmm. And you're going to find things such as autonomy. And you're going to find things such as competence and that relevance. So all of those things are huge motivators for adults. But we have to know how to do the human work to be able to get there. And, you know, Casey, you talk a lot about the working genius and getting to know, understand each other's um, personality styles, their working styles. We have to pause and take time to get to know the humans in front of us, but we have to teach our coaches how to do that effectively. Yes. I love it so much. Okay. So to recap three things, can you tell us briefly like what you would want people to take away from this conversation tonight? Clarify the role. 100%. It's not too late. I know it's November. Not too late. Never too late. Never too late. And when you clarify the role together as a collaborative team, then you share it together as a collaborative team to everyone. The second thing is collaborate with one another. Schedule those frequent meetings. Make sure that it, you know you stick to it. You have a system in case you can't meet the meeting, but you are collaborating. And the final thing is find opportunities to grow together, grow your coaches. Those are the three best ways that you can support your instructional coaches. Okay. So this has been a fantastic conversation. And I want everyone to know exactly where and how they can find you and what you have to offer them leaving this conversation tonight. Yes. So um, I think Casey had put it in the on the banner a while ago. Casey, if you don't mind dropping that in the chat as well. I have my masterclass, which is instruction, like accelerate your instructional coaching. It is one hour with me where I'm going to show you my secrets after 16 years, my secrets that have helped me motivate adult learners and break down those walls that especially your harder teachers that are just so super resistant um, to help break down those barriers. But you know, you can also find me on crabtreecoachingcollaborative.org. And um, I would love to collaborate with you. Follow me on social. I'm always giving away freebies, little goodies. And um, I hope to connect with you. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, guys, tonight has been such a great conversation. Alyssa, 
I'm so excited that you came on with me. I enjoyed our conversation. Thank you, Casey. Yeah. And remember, so you can, if you are catching the replay of this, either on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, you can see all of these things and more in the show notes. So don't forget to take a look at the show notes so you can just directly click on those links and head to um, all of the things that Alyssa has shared. Also, don't forget next Sunday, I'm going live again and I will be joined with Steve Ventura. We're actually going to be talking about what research says now about the effects of coaching. So I can't wait to watch that. I know. I'm excited. I'm really excited to see what he has to share. And I think it's going to be so much more relevant to, to what you've shared tonight and so much more important than for people to go to the resources that you've shared. So thank you. Okay. All right, guys. Well, I've enjoyed our conversation and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Good night, everyone. Hey guys, I want to give a huge shout out to you for tuning into today's Change Catalyst conversation. I would love for you to do me two solid favors. Number one, if you have enjoyed this or any other Change Catalyst conversation, do me a favor and hit subscribe. I've got a lot of great content and guests coming up and I don't want you to miss any of it. Number two, if you are thinking of a friend or colleague who could benefit from this show share it with them. The only way to make change happen is through a multiplier effect. And you can be a multiplier by sharing this show. Until next time, I want you to go off and do the great things that change catalysts do.